got a book to show you later that I got her. She's very proud that she's read it twice now. But it's a choose your adventure, so of course you're gonna read it. When she says she read it twice, like she got to an ending. Yeah, she got, she's got two endings. There's thirty endings in the book. Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. Today we're gonna discuss a movie that is well, it's part Swedish, part Danish, and it is called, as I believe, Coco di Coco da, or possibly Coco Day. I think it's Coco Day. It's only a couple years old as we record this from 2019, written and directed by Johannes Nyholm. It has an IMDb rating of 5.8, but I think much more accurate would be the Rotten Tomatoes, where the critics are 80%, but the audience is 58%. <laughs> not many. This is a foreign film, not heavily reviewed, and probably didn't make it to other parts of the world as far as... In the cinema, I can't imagine that this would be a popular one. I think, so, it, went, I think it went straight to Shudder. You've only got uh, 61 critic reviews, which is probably not that bad for this kind of film, but you only have 50-plus audience reviews. So it's a bit low for what you would need to truly make, I think, an aggregate opinion of what this movie is. However, that seems fitting to me. It does, and I've got I, I've already seen the future. I know what this episode's going to be like. <laughs> well, that kind of ties into what this movie is. This movie was recommended by, I believe it was Crimson Albedo when yep. you were streaming. I'm glad as soon as he said, and if you want to go completely unfettered, completely spoiler free, I guess you may as well turn away now. But I'm just going to say that the genre of this movie, and I'm going to say that this is now a genre, is time loop. Yep. And that's basically all I needed to know. There are some horror elements. There are some very artistic elements, which at time are a bit slow for me, but overall, I was really glad I watched it. I would recommend it to people, but there are a lot of caveats for this one. It's another one where, as far as trigger warnings, there's definitely sexual references, some of them not very nice. Very uncomfortable, yeah. There are some, I mean, you don't see it really, but injury to animals. You see enough of it, yeah. There are violent bits as well that just for some people this would be a tough watch i think yeah yeah definitely so you've been warned it's only about 90 minutes which is about perfect i think you could shave it down a little bit more but overall it's pretty good for what it is and it does something that feels a little bit different with this genre time loops are big now and i'm very happy because i love this kind of movie i love this kind of story and this one does something that a lot of others I feel mess up. And so I really like that, but I can't get into that until we get to the spoiler section. That's kind of all I've got to say about it. If you like time loop movies, if you don't mind indie low budget with the things that I've mentioned, then give it a try if you can find it. And this director is a bit of a madman. I think he's got a bit of a cult following as well. He did something pretty cool where he kickstarted. I don't know if it was successful or not because it came right around the time of COVID. He had a plan where he was going to get a bus and put a cinema screen inside a double-decker bus and then just drive around Sweden. It would only be 40 people could go and watch the movie in the bus. And then he was like, then we'll have barbecue and beer afterwards. But the way that he presents it, he's like covered in dirt. He's got leaves in his hair. He's crying his eyes out. And just like acting, it's really, really weird. The guy's a madman. <laughs> he is. And he's done a lot of other... Did you check out any of his other stuff? He's done like He's done some interesting like stop-motion animation and a, a lot of other kind of short movies and things like that. Definitely very creative kind of director. The visual style of this movie 
is very good. And I am now intrigued enough that if I could find some other stuff easily, I probably would watch mm. it. I don't know if I would really search to the ends of the earth to find them, but I do think that especially if, like you said, if some of the shorts are on YouTube, I would definitely check them yeah. out. Or even if someone else said, oh, there's this movie by this guy who made Kokodi Kokode. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. You know, if it pops up again, like it did on that stream, you know, yeah, I'd happily watch something else. And that kind of leads into the movie. So this is your spoiler warning. We open with Whistling in the Woods by a stream. There is a man in a white suit, shining a flashlight, walking along. With him, a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. The woman has, it almost looks like pigtails, but they're not tied off. It's like branches in her hair. Her hair is like sticking out. The man is a very large man. He's carrying a very injured dog. While, <laughs> that dog's dead. <laughs> while another dog is walking alongside. Yeah. We will... I don't think ever really hear their names except for the big guy because he gets yelled at by the man in the white suit a couple times. Mm -hmm. But on the IMDb page and in the credits, it's Mog, Cherry, and I believe Sambo. All right, okay. Yeah, I didn't even look up their names. I just had them down as uh, Lenny from mm -hmm. uh, Thingy. Of uh, Mice and Men. Mice and Men. Lenny, uh, Crazy Hair, and uh, Barbara Shop Quartet Guy. That's a really long... <laughs> You couldn't even just say, like, white suit. I mean, yeah, that's how I had it for a long time. His little stick, yeah. Yeah, it's fitting. It's just way too long for it. I was actually longer than that. It was one quarter of a barbershop quartet. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to write that in my notes a <laughs> hundred times. Anyway, he's leading them on down through the stream, and he starts singing that song. In fact, he sings this lullaby, this song we're going to hear many times in many different ways throughout the movie. And I think... That's quite a good thing, actually. Mm -hmm. I like the way that the music was approached, especially that one. Especially, I think, the fact that they do break it up with these different varieties. If you look at something like Amelie, the theme is there throughout the movie, but it's done with different instruments and different styles. And that's kind of what they've done here. And it keeps it interesting. Right. It's going to cut then to... Well, just as it's cutting... He repeats the same bit over and over as though he's stuck. Yeah, and it gets, it's got that ticking record kind of thing where it's like, okay, this is a time loop movie. <laughs> and then it sort of fades through to the music box as yep. it spins. Yeah, and then we see like cartoon characters of them painted on the side of it. Yes. And looking at this music box, I was just amazed at how real that music box looks and kind of feels, the way it moves, the way that as we find out from these characters later they're not nice <laughs> yeah and it's interesting how many of these old stuff for kids yeah you could see it like oh it's innocent it's for kids but you could also easily see it as the way it's been interpreted here is they're not as innocent as they appear and there's something a bit dark about it the way the dog in particular is drawn barking yeah. right at you as you're looking at it looks pretty vicious yeah the dog's pretty sinister looking yeah but it doesn't seem out of place in an antique music box. It yeah, have you seen some fitting. of those things from like the, the 50s, even 40s? That's creepy as hell. That's what I mean. It just seems fitting. And so that worked very well. You're going to see it spinning through the glass. Sort of window shopping is a young girl, Maya. She's seven, soon to be eight, sort of. We'll get to that. She's wearing bunny ears and has bunny makeup on. 
The parents run up. They were worried. Where were you? She walks away with the music box wrapped up. We're going to see some people with some really big teeth. Well, yeah. So I put them as a really weird couple at the beginning. In the credits, I found out, I believe, they're meant to be clowns. I thought, I wrote that down. I was like, maybe they were famous Swedish comedians or something like that that I didn't know or something like that. Because you think they're going to this party. And they're acting really, really bizarre. At this point, after the opening with the weird trio, I I was like, okay, well, maybe this is a family reunion. I thought it was too, yeah. And then I realized like some of the guests are just looking at them in bewilderment. They're not with them. They go inside and then it's like a show that they put on. It's like, okay. So those must be just like fake, just massive fake teeth. You've got the whole family now, the music box family. You've Got them sitting at the table. They all have makeup on. They get their... So so they've been to some kind of fair or something like that, I guess, yeah? It looked like a fair or something like that. That would be my guess, but we're not really shown, and it doesn't really matter. matter. If the kid just said, it's my birthday, this is what I want, then I suppose they would just do it. Well, we're all wearing bunny makeup now. I will say this. They did a fantastic job of making this family feel like a family. Mm -hmm. And... Getting especially the couple in these opening scenes around this restaurant to seem like a very loving couple and to seem like they actually like each other. There's real chemistry there because so often that can fail, especially in a horror movie. They do a great job of it. They've set it up. They have their meal. And then the mother starts to feel ill. (laughs) She goes to the bathroom. The kid is like, hey, you okay in there? (laughs) That has to be like, uh... Maybe we need to give her a little space. Yeah. She's red and swollen. They go outside and paramedics, like he basically says, look, we need help from waiter or something. Mm-hmm. And so they've got paramedics there. Maybe it's an allergy. Have you had this before? And she said, no, I've eaten shellfish before. It hasn't done anything to me before. And they said, well, sometimes it doesn't happen the first time, which I'm not sure if that's how it works. I have no I'll, idea. I'll just let it go. Yeah. As they're apparently waiting for a helicopter to come and pick them up. When the chopper came, I was like, oh, man, they've obviously not been telling her something or something like that, because that's some serious business Yeah, if if a chopper's being flown in. And she does. She looks terrible. I mean, her face is out to here. She's all red and blotchy. And they're taking pictures. Yeah, the husband (laughs) keeps on, yeah, he's like Instagramming this (laughs) as they go along. But in a way, it doesn't bother me because the mother doesn't feel bothered by it this is what he does yeah and she looks like she's trying to make the best of it because he even has to say now give me one that looks like you're miserable yeah because she was smiling and kind of happy throughout the whole thing yeah as far as i know it's just the mother and daughter who end up on the helicopter correct because i didn't see him i didn't see him but yeah the girl is on there yeah for sure because she's scared they end up in the hospital nurse is taking care of them then it's evening I guess. I mean, there's the whole bit about, oh, what's in the package? Is it going to be your birthday? Yes. Okay. So kind of exposition, but feels natural in the situation. Then the mother and father are having a conversation, which actually just cracked me up. That whole conversation about, well, how did you expect me to react when you came out of the bathroom stall a different person? (laughs) I thought it was Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Just really well delivered. And the way, like I said, that they seem to have this on-screen chemistry made it seem very loving and sweet. And I just thought, well, now I know what's going to go wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially when you get to the next part. If I'd gone on completely not knowing anything, I might not have suspected. 
But knowing his time loop, knowing that it might be a bit scary, like, okay. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got that immediately. Yeah, it wasn't a big surprise. I was waiting for it. But I was surprised later on in the movie, and we'll get to that at the end, right at the end, I guess. This part didn't surprise me, unfortunately. But you felt it, though. It was a great setup. He'd got a fizzy drink and a cupcake from the hospital cafeteria with a candle. It's her birthday. We should at least sing happy birthday. Do we sing in Swedish or Danish? Yeah. <laughs> and then they sing. And this is one of the things that I would change if it were me doing the storytelling. I wouldn't let them get all the way through the song. Right. There's no way that the kid would sleep through it that much. Mm-hmm. And the parents would be very aware of something is wrong. Yeah. But they go through the whole happy birthday song and then realize she's not breathing. We're going to fade to black. We see a red velvet curtain. Somebody's inspired by David Lynch. Yeah. (laughs) The curtains part. And here is one of the most interesting aspects of the movie for me. This was so cool. I really like this. And they do it twice in the film. I love shadow puppetry. I think that it can work very well. And boy, does it here. It's done just so interestingly. The storytelling is so on point for it. Visually, it looks interesting. If you told me, wow, you really need to see this time loop movie, it has this bit of shadow puppetry. <laughs> I, would, I would laugh at you. What are you talking about? That's clearly going to ruin the movie. But for me, in many ways, it kind of makes the movie. Yeah. It is just so... Fitting in this kind of Lynch-esque weird film where anything can happen and in some ways does. Now we have a puppet show and it's all about the baby bunny or little girl bunny, let's assume. It's mm-hmm. based on this family yep. who gets a ride on the back of a beautiful bird while the parents are sleeping. Mm-hmm. Very much kind of like what happened. Yeah. Then the bunny falls and dies. Mm-hmm. It's not here, it's later they, where they, they go further with the story. Yeah. At this point... They, they, just, they just bury her. They yes. just bury her and it's just sad and it kind of ends. Yeah. We now cut to, as it says, three years later, they're at a petrol station filling up. We are looking, I think we could look at this a couple of different ways because we are in the back seat. This is indie filmmaking, this is cheap filmmaking, but at the same time, I do you think that there could be the argument that we are looking from the viewpoint that Maya would normally have? I have two ways of looking at this. One was we're looking at it as the ghost of her, or just like you said, it's just a kind of artsy way. The audience is in the car. We're in the car, basically, spectating this as a fly on the wall. Or towards the end of the movie, once I kind of knew what was going on, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's the ghost of the daughter haunting them. It shouldn't work, but for me it does. Yeah, it's also, if you got motion sickness, I don't know how that would play in because it does wobble around quite a lot. They are clearly falling apart. They're bickering about everything. He got her an ice cream. Oh, that's not the ice cream I wanted. I don't like strawberry. If you paid attention to anything, you would know that. Oh, it's just (laughs) so uncomfortable. Yeah. And feels so real. The chemistry they have when they were loving is like magnified with their bickering. And mm-hmm. that kind of realism that they add to the film. Yeah. She's also upset because he jokes a lot. And so she never knows when he's serious because he says something about, I'm going back to return your ice cream, but he's really just turning onto the highway. Yeah. We have a montage of them driving, just jump cut, jump cut of them just driving in silence for a very long time. 
Yeah, there's a lot of these. I wonder how short the movie would be if you actually cut some of these out because it hits 90 minutes, but with a lot of these long, drawn-out, sometimes uncomfortable scenes where you're just there for, it feels like 10 minutes, but it's not really. At the same time, a lot of that is not what I would cut. Mm -hmm. I think that what this director has done is realize the silent moments and the moments to pause, and that he has done very, very well. There are other things I would cut. I think, though, this montage is very important. It's in silence. We can feel the time because it's montage. We don't just, as a lot of other indies would do, uncut two minutes. I think by cutting it, you keep it visually interesting and you actually give better sense of time passing. This isn't just two minutes of awkward silence. This is hours of awkward silence as they drive to their destination. Because it goes from being daytime when we start to nighttime. When Mm. they finally, not really arrive at their destination, but when they choose a destination, as we'll find out later. Yeah. There's more constant bickering. She basically sits in the car while he sets up. I mean, he's looking for something. She refuses to help. We now cut to the beginning of what I would say is the first loop, or at least the first time we're going to realize that we've been in a loop. Right. She wakes up. She has to pee. There's going to be so much talk of urination in this movie (laughs) from this point on, because this is how every day, every loop begins. This conversation about, I have to go to the bathroom, but I want to do it right here. There's too many mosquitoes outside. He's like, no, go further out. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't know if you've ever been camping and had somebody do that, but yeah, it's pretty gross. Oh yeah. I'm I'm with him on this one. You know, (laughs) get out. (laughs) She heads out, and as she's squatting, up come our weird trio. Well, she sees a cat first, doesn't she? She sees that the cat. That is true. A white cat, and we see this white cat a number of times. Yeah. She tries to get its attention while she's peeing. <laughs> Just <laughs> come <laughs> maybe <here>. wait until <laughs> you're done. <laughs> <laughs> but then they will come up. They will attack her. I don't think we need to go into too much detail about the attacking here, but we might need to go into it as far as Tobias is concerned. Because in this time, he wakes up, he doesn't really know what's going on, and he's watching from underneath as everything happens. Mog, the man in the white suit, or in yours, the one quarter of a barbershop quartet. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a much better ring to it than Mog. We'll walk up and cut the cords for the tent. I believe this is also where he sends the dog in. Yeah. And the dog, clearly a fighting dog. Yeah, it's like a master for someone, isn't it? It's Which, why for a long time throughout the movie, from the first time we saw them, I thought the other dog was injured or dead because of a dog fight. Ah, okay. That was my impression. This group seemed like the type to do that kind of thing, especially with the way they treat the humans that they encounter. Yeah. Tobias is essentially going to... I think he had just dug out his knife and so he is able to probably kill the dog kills the dog yeah and cut his way free when he does cherry the woman with the branched out hair she's pointing a gun at him mog makes a big point of no you need to relax he's guiding her through how to shoot and aiming it at the guy's penis like <laughs> <laughs> with a little do, 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 drawing a line. <laughs> not not just drawing a line, but then touching. Yeah, yeah. This is where it's going to land. <laughs> it's like, boop. <laughs> then we pull way up, which what I'm assuming now is a drone shot. Yeah. But it's a very long, sustained shot. It's not frozen because... No, they're moving. You can see the grass blowing and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But there's this long, 
awkward freeze in time where you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And this ends every loop in this way. Yeah. And it doesn't come and you're like, oh, what happened? It's a bit unsatisfying, but it works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it really works. Then what's going to happen is at least my interpretation. We get the night before from this point a bit now in order. So we're going to cut back to them in the car. And then each one of these flashbacks will be a little bit further in time in the night. So it's sort of between what we had before, where they were setting up and then morning. We're going to get a bit before that and then a bit between that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're arguing basically about going camping or going to a and b in this loop. And she says, oh, it's my vacation too. It's relaxing. Why don't we just pull over? But this is where he says, oh, well, we plan to go camping. It'll only take five minutes to set up, which is never the case. And who sets up a tent at night? <laughs> like, it does true. happen. I've done it before. Yeah. It's not as easy. Yeah. I bet it doesn't take five minutes. <laughs> well, especially if he's doing it alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you had one of those, like, those pop-up tents. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe. maybe I could do that in five minutes. But he basically gets so angry at the fight that he just pulls off onto a path. She says, this isn't a road. He's like, well, I'm driving on it. So it's a road now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're on adventure to see how much they can irritate each other yeah. at this point. Yeah. But we get a good sense that this is their everyday life now as well. Yes. But then we see the cat again on the road. It kind of jump scares them. And, I, and then I just wrote down Matrix. <laughs> that's two times. That's deja vu. We're going to start with the morning pee conversation. But Tobias remembers having had a creepy dream. So he changes his mind and says, go ahead. You can pee close. But that doesn't really stop anything from happening because Maud comes up and does the same thing, cutting the rope. And basically Tobias tries to hide in the back of the tent under the rain fly. But on the other side of the back doorway. Yeah. Which fools no one. Mm. So Sambo comes up and does like a running leap at him, I believe, on this Yeah, one. it's like almost comedy where he does that thing with his feet and just does like this John Cena thing. <laughs> just elbow drops him on the ground. See, you're saying it was like morning. She said to me, or she didn't say to me, she says, she says, <laughs> it's the, I always got the impression that this was like a, one of those like really terrible day for night shots again. Because she's like, you can't expect me to go outside. I can't see anything. It's pitch black outside. It's like, it's clearly like 5 p.m., like that kind of dusk shot. I think it's just a really bad day for, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be in the middle of the night. This is happening, but it's oh. quite, quite clearly daytime. I always thought it was early morning. Yeah, like dawn. Yeah. Just before dawn. She's, she's you can a, see, but it's not the best. And, and things she's seem got a, bit a flashlight misty. and she's looking around, you know? She's got the flashlight, she's looking outside, and she's got a flashlight when she's inside that, that outer flat part as well, and she's waving the flashlight around. I think we're supposed to think it's uh, it's nighttime. Uh, but that, that's, yeah, that's just I odd. Didn't yeah. Buy that at all. But <laughs> yeah, cutting the cord. By this time, I was like, man, if they're going to keep doing this, they're going to go through a lot of cords because <laughs> you just keep cutting them. That's a bit of a waste of money on cords. They could do better in the cord budget department. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're worried about. It is. That's my primary concern. Right. Cords. I don't know if we want to get into this, but this was the part where I felt quite uncomfortable because... I, I don't think, think we really need to go into no. it. I think if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. The dog is encouraged to do some stuff that it shouldn't be encouraged to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the movie that makes it difficult to recommend. Yeah. I was, I was a bit grossed out by that, to be honest. 
you're going to pull back again for that long, motionless moment of silence. But he's got the tent over his body this time, hasn't he? Yes, but it's still the same being aimed uh, at him. Yeah. There's all sorts of jokes about you Casper. being Casper. Yeah. And I would say that it is possible that emasculation is part of the theme going on here. And that that possibly does relate to his relationship with Ellen in some way. Yeah. So I think if you want to make the argument, I think that you should definitely include <laughs> that conversation. We are in our flashback now. I guess it's a flashback. However, we want to interpret it. But the night before, he's brushing his teeth down by the lake, I guess. Mm -hmm. Again, with the urination. Really long, full shot. Like, okay, yeah, I, I get the point. Did we need this? It makes me think that there must be something thematically, symbolically, that the director is trying to portray here. Because, I mean, even the beginning opening shot is of water, you know? Water is often a symbol for rebirth mm -hmm. and life and starting over. And this one is waste water. So you could say that maybe they're wasting that life yeah. or in some way. I mean, this is one of those, as I was an English major, one of those English majory things of you can make a connection here if you really want to. Yeah. I don't really want to go into great detail on urination, but <laughs> he spends a lot of time on it. Yes. And so I think that it must be important to him, but I rather would have just skipped most of it. Mm hmm. I would rather that the day had started with something else. <laughs> well, let's make breakfast. Something. <laughs> something. He comes back. I thought he was trying to make scary ghost noises, which would have tied into the Casper thing from just before. But apparently he's trying to be a moose or something and say it's mating season. But of course he's going to get shot down. Yeah. I believe this is where he's lying there just humming the lullaby as she reads a book. Mm -hmm. It's very long. It's very uncomfortable. Maybe necessary. I probably would have turned it down a little bit. Right. It's this kind of thing. And particularly the beginning when she's always looking around with the flashlight, the beginning of each loop, I would actually have cut that just a bit shorter. This is a genre where you have to have those loops tight to keep it interesting, to keep it moving. And there are just a few things at the beginning of each loop that make it feel like it's dragging a bit. Right. In this one, he's going to run out to the car in his underpants and a hoodie. The alarm sounds, and he tries to tell Ellen to be quiet and hide. He's got his knife that we know he had from before. Yeah, and also, don't hold your knife like that. <laughs> he's got his hand, like, right over the blade. <laughs> he waits a very long time. A spider basically spins a web on the... On his mirror, his side mirror, yeah. <laughs> and then... In that mirror, as he's looking at the spider making its web, he sees the flashlight, hears the whistling sounds, he ducks down. Now, Mog cuts the tent strings again, yep. much to your dismay, sends the dog in after her, and... So she gets the dog this time. Yeah. Tobias tries to drive off. I think he ends up hitting the other dog at this point. Sampo lies on the hood. Yeah. Action movie style. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. The car gets stuck in the mud, and Sampo is going to break the window with basically a log that he picks up. Yep. Tobias's body is laid to rest on the dead dog. Long overhead shot. Flashback. Night in the tent. Oh, no, this is where. This is where she's reading, and he's bored. We start off with the conversation again. Tobias basically pulls Ellen to the car, puts her in. The alarm goes off. He honks the horn as she runs back in to get other stuff. Yeah. 
they drive off, but she really needs to pee. Obviously. So they pull off to the side of the road, and as she's taking care of that, the dog chases her down, and the trio walk up behind the car. Yeah. So this is definitely a situation where no matter where they go, no matter what they do, this group will find them. At least that's what it feels like at this point. Yep. We start another loop. But this one's different. This one's very different. Tobias is not there. And there's, it's winter. <laughs> there's snow outside. The car is gone. Ellen grabs a backpack and a sleeping bag. She follows footprints and car tracks. She finds the car half off the road. She can't get it to move. I didn't understand this part. It looked like he, like Tobias, had jammed the accelerator down yes. with a branch and then just let the car drive off and crash. We never see him again in this loop. I have no idea what's going on for this loop. I don't know where, he, where he's gone off to. Has he just run away? He just abandoned her, yeah? Welcome to filling in the gaps. <laughs> this loop is the one that you probably have to fill in the most. Yeah. Everything has changed and it's not really made clear as to why or what's going on. She's going to follow the cat into what looks like an abandoned cottage. Mm -hmm. It just has slatted wooden floors and a crate to sit on with the velvet curtain behind candles that are already lit. She watches the full puppet show now. Yeah. It begins, though, with a bit of shadow acting. It looks like Cherry is hitting somebody with the cane. And then... She's banging a drum and he's playing like a big cello or something like that. He's got a musical instrument. Isn't that what it was? I yeah. thought she was playing out that she was hitting somebody as though she was hitting Tobias. No, I think I think it's the, it's her and the big guy. Mm -hmm. He's playing some... It doesn't sound like a cello. It's not deep enough to be a cello, but he's got some instrument over his shoulder and she's banging a big drum. And then the one quarter of the barbershop quartet... That's quite hard to say. Fast, by the way. He comes in and he's the puppet master kind of thing, isn't he? So, yeah, this is like the full reveal of the puppet show. Before that, though... Did you notice anything about Ellen as she walked in? Yeah, yeah. Knowing now what I know about it, this is what I think was going on in here. Because that's what I was kind of setting up before. I was like, why is this different? Where is Tobias? This is her dream. And I think she's been having this dream while he's been having the other one. It's possible. However, she's older. She's way older. This is a different actress altogether. As yeah. you can see in the credits and on IMDb, it will say Ellen older. Yeah. So she has possibly been doing this much, much longer. Mm-hmm. And apparently time passes in the loop. Yeah, because her that's the case. Because her loop is in winter, yeah. And his loop is in spring or some I don't know when it is, but it's not it's not covered with snow anyway. That's the point. In the new show, we have the rabbits do the same thing they did before pretty much. Mm -hmm. Except now we get further into the story where the rabbits chase after the bird, they shoot it down with bow and arrow, mm -hmm. they have rope attached to the arrows so they bring it down they put it into a cage the rabbits are miserable they end up living in different homes the bird is miserable being trapped it loses all its color it loses yep. all its feathers a storm comes lightning sets fire to the cage and the bird but the bird arises again as a beautiful phoenix ellen watches she tears up as she's watching and then as you said, this was probably Ellen's dream because we now watch as she wakes up. This is a different start. She puts on her shoes. Tobias is in a cold sweat as though he's having nightmares. He's muttering. And they get to the car. And in this way, he's really dragging her out to the car. Yeah. But just before that, though, there was a, mm -hmm. an almost tender moment where she's about to touch his face. 
Because like, I think the whole point of that puppet show is like, it's some symbolism for like love is the answer or like forgiveness or some, something like that. And it's like, she wants to be with him. And it's only when he's asleep, she can feel like she can actually touch him kind of thing in a tender way. So he's having this mad dream. She's having this other dream. And that's what divides them, I think. That's what keeps them apart. And it's not until, well, until the next part that we get some kind of conclusion coming up. He basically drags her to the car. And he runs back after she runs back to grab stuff. She mm-hmm. always runs back to yeah. grab stuff. Yeah, he, he doesn't even give her a chance this time. He collapses the tent this time. Yeah. He said, fine, then I will collapse the tent. Let's get going. In the car, she has wet herself. They're not talking. He finds the lullaby on the radio. There's fog. All of a sudden, white dog appears. Ooh. And it gets hit. They drive off the road into like a pond or swamp or something. The car won't start, of course, because it's under the feet water. of water. Yeah. <laughs> they hug each other and cry. Yep. For we, a long time. We pull back to an overhead shot. There's blackness. We pull up behind Maya playing with her music box. And it focuses on the music box going round and round and the song again. And then it irises out, closes in on the rooster. Yep. And a movie. Yep. What I was really happy with was I was so glad that the road wasn't full of white dogs. I was thinking, oh, no, it's going to be that, yeah? But it's not. It's not It's not really a time loop movie. For me, there was no time loop. It was just in their minds. It was just like a time loop of, of a bad dream, recurring bad dream. It took another death to bring them together. So them hitting the dog and having that moment together kind of Ended the three-year silence between them because they were obviously consumed by grief over their daughter. Very interesting. For me, it is very much a time loop movie. For me, it is started when they hit the dog mm-hmm. and it finishes when they die. When did they, Oh, I mean, at, at the campsite? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and I, so they're stuck in this loop forever because of kind of all the many things that they've done to each other, to themselves because of their grief, because they couldn't cope. And then they brought grief onto someone else. And then that grief comes back onto them again. And so you could say that it's symbolically done, but I like to see the movie as it is. I don't like to say, oh, yeah, it was all a dream. Even though in this one, they basically indicate in many times that it's a dream. But that means Tobias is having one of those horrible dreams within dreams within dreams, Mm. Inception style of nightmare, which could be. Yeah. And I think... More than probably any of the others we've talked about where we've suggested it could be a dream. This movie says it could be. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. But I think, for me, it works better as a weird, dark fairy tale of them not dealing with what they need to deal with. And it comes back to hurt them. And that the grief just is a never-ending cycle of no one can get out of it. Mm, That's so weird. Because, yeah, I've got... I, I see this movie ending on a positive, happy ending. For me, it's not. For yeah. me, this is just the beginning of the loop. That's it's the end of the loop for me. That's so odd. That's so bizarre. Because that's the first time they actually connect and touch each other and have an emotional response with each other. It's like the final part of the grief where they're they're over it now and they've had this moment. I think the, the movie ends with them getting a tow truck and going home. <laughs> well, maybe it does. <laughs> And for their sake. That's cool, though. That is cool that you can interpret it in two completely different directions. For their sake, I hope it's true. But 
I'm not buying it. <laughs> For me, this is a dark movie that is dark all the way through and it's kind of meant to be. I think as well, that indicator of Maya playing with the music box as though she in the afterlife is keeping this going and going and going. And so to me, that's what the symbol meant at the I, end. I have a theory about that as well when I was watching it. So, hey, how did she die? That is something that we would just have to fill in. I would like to think that it was allergies, that she had the same allergy. But she didn't show But it kicked sign. up later. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she didn't go blotchy or something like that. But, may, okay, I guess maybe it is. And maybe that's why they airlift her out, because maybe she had some of the salad as well. But, okay, hear me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the Shadow Puppet show is her on this bird being, I thought, when I was originally watching it, is her being taken up to heaven, right? And then she's not given access to heaven. Who knows why? Religious themes are not really discussed in the movie, right? But maybe parents are atheists or something like that, and she's not been baptized or something like that. So she's not allowed in. She falls down. They bury her. And then that's why later on in the thing where they they kill the bird, it's like they're attacking they're blaming God or something like that for taking their child. So they kill God, essentially, right? But God doesn't die because God's God and God just comes back out of the ashes again. Or an angel or whatever or whatever it was supposed to symbolize. Something religious. And then her at the end, yeah, you could take that as she's stuck in some kind of purgatory or limbo. It's not really hell. Doesn't look like a pleasant place. But that's all she's got left is that music box. And she she is just, just turning it, yeah. But that's what I filled in for the puppet scenes, like, yeah, it was like a tale of not being allowed entrance to heaven. For me, I think I interpreted it more as just the bird was a symbol of love. Right. And the kid was riding high on their love when everything was going well. But as soon as the kid died, then the couple no longer felt the same mm-hmm. again. And they blamed love for, yes, they had nearly eight wonderful years with their child. Mm-hmm. But then when that was taken away... It's almost like they were angry at love for giving you something and then taking it away. Mm -hmm. And so rather than take care of their love and nurture it, they put it into a box, put it out of their mind and basically killed it. But then it's reborn again. It is reborn again and leaves them behind. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going somewhere else. And that's the way I was interpreting it at the time. I'm not sure how I would interpret it multiple watches if i would see it differently years down the road but this is i like that one too i i I was thinking something like that as well it could be a symbol for love or it could be something religious but i I like the idea of that is what it's about her dream is always about she feels abandoned by her husband and then she knows that she has to rekindle their marriage somehow he feels humiliated by her and like under the thumb and she's always talking down to him he's not the he's not the the dad of the house anymore is he so so he's having they're having these separate dreams and so at the end yeah at the end i think they find love again through killing a dog <laughs> see i was gonna let you end on this nice happy note until you said the last bit well cut that out and then they find happiness at the end there you go <laughs> gaps fill the more gaps created